morning, Crossroads. Welcome to our Sunday morning worship celebration where we love celebrating Jesus even more than we love watching all of Charlie Brown's friends come around and make that little twig into a tree. How many people love that? Okay, how many of you have not liked watching Charlie Brown's crush over a tree? Wow, a lot of you guys. You have no idea what you're missing. That is like the essence of the Christmas season. So uh, those of you that are not in the Christmas mood, um, we're going to push your bah humbug aside, ask you to stand with us, and we're going to begin our Sunday morning worship celebration with some Christmas songs. Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. Good morning. thought I still had 48 seconds. I was going to say it. The clock stopped. That's good. Well, I'm actually very excited to speak this morning. When Pastor Floyd um, asked me if I was interested in speaking on um, the gifts that the wise men brought, the um, um, economical gift giving, I was like, wow, sure, that'll be pretty easy because two reasons. First of all, I thought, oh, wow, gifts in my love language, that's, that's a simple one. And second of all, when you think of gifts, you think of, think of shopping. And I'm an expert shopper, much to my husband's dismay. Um, I know Pastor Floyd always has those really cool uh, t-shirts with all the uh, comic book hero, the comic books and the superheroes on them. And uh, I didn't wear them today, but I did. I brought some of my t-shirts selection to show y'all around. This is the first one. Eat, sleep, shop, repeat, you know, that's always good. You know, I got 99 problems, but shopping ain't one of them. I have nothing to wear, because if you have nothing to wear, you have to go shopping. Sleep less, shop more. And lastly, just in case my husband gets irritated with something I say today, I love my husband. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> um. I said that uh, my love language was gifts. So I don't know if any of you heard of Gary Chapman. He wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. Oh, wait, I forgot one other thing. I flipped my slides. This is the best one from John. This is uh, one of the uh, comics that he likes. It says, here's an interesting article. They've developed a new drug that can treat shopaholics. And then the woman says, oh, where can I buy that? Uh, my last of the, the shopping adventures. But we're going to go on to the, the five love languages. Um, Gary Chapman talks about um, speaking um, your spouse, significant others, or child's love language. These categories are kind of determined on the way you express love, the way you receive love, what you complain about the most, and what you will most often request from that person. And, and his premise is that if you're, you know, you're speaking how they, they receive love and everything, you know, you're going to have a much more fulfilled relationship. You're going to... Um, you know, feel close to them, even if you're, you know, and if you're not speaking their language, you're, you're still, you think you're showing love, but you're not speaking what they, they want to hear. Sometimes you don't have that connection that you, uh, you, you think you, you, you might have. There are uh, five love languages. I actually have the, uh, the test. There's copies up here. So um, we're not going to do that during this service here, but if anyone would like to take it afterward, you're welcome to have one. Um, the first is words of affirmation. 
Um, and a lot for a lot of people, you know, actions um, don't speak louder than words. They just want to hear it. They want to hear you say, I love you. They want to hear, you know, that, ah, oh, you did a really great job. Um, things like that. Quality time is another one. Quality time is doing things together. I said always, when I was trying to come up with examples, I said, well, if this is Floyd's love language, well, then Christy going with him to the comic book store would be a great quality time example. You know, and then if, you know, it's Christy's, maybe Floyd going couponing with her would work. Um, acts of service, this is always, you know, that can never hurt. Doing something for your significant other that they would, you know, normally do if you're going to go fill their car up with gas, you're going to, um, you know, wash the car, do the dishes, something extra, that's always good. Physical touch, which is non-sexual, you know, yeah, then everybody's thinking that. It's just, you know, holding hands, putting your, you know, arm around them, touching their back, things like that. And then lastly, we're going to do gifts because that is what the whole um, speech today is about. We're going to talk about gifts, not materialism. Um, the person who has the love language of gifts, which I do, the receiver thrives on the um, thoughtfulness, the effort, and the love behind the gift. Perfect gift gestures um, show that you're, you know, you're known, you're cared for, you're prized, and generally the cost is irrelevant. Sometimes, you know, I, you know, in a passing, I mention a book that I would like, you know, that gets a, in, you know, we haven't talked about it for six months, but they remember to get that book. That's a better gift than going to the jewelry store and buying, you know, a gift from the jewelry store. So um, I do encourage, especially, you know, spouses, give this to your, you know, significant other, get a test. And then you can kind of get an insight on what kind of gifts you do need to, you know, concentrate on. There are, you know, lots of different options out there. But it's a really, it's a, it's a very interesting book. Um, moving on, last week, you know, Pastor Floyd did speak about Matthew 2.10 and 11, about the wise men traveling to, um, to see the baby Jesus. And I just, I never really connected the fact that um, these men traveled for two years to take these gifts to, to him. Um, that spoke a lot to me as a, you know, as a gift person, thinking, wow, someone's making that much effort, taking that much time to do that is really phenomenal. So why do we give gifts to these men? I did some research, and it's actually both an ancient tradition and a very, <coughs> really relatively new development. Um, you know, in the Christian faith, the practice of giving gifts is traced back to the gold, frankincense, and myrrh that was given to the Christ child. Um, that visit was originally celebrated on the Feast of the Epiphany, or January 6th, but over time it kind of moved towards the Christmas celebrations. And, um, by the way, I'm going to be on my soapbox for one minute, the 12 days of Christmas do not start with Christmas Day on the 25th, and they go towards the Epiphany, much to, you know, you read all these advertisements that you're thinking the Christmas days start before Christmas, they're not really, okay. But, um, you know, the tradition of giving gifts became more and more popular. Um, various countries, you know, brought their own traditions in. I know um, they actually, you know, would celebrate the holy day, and then that's kind of how we got our word holiday. And then in Americans, they were, um, they were brought um, the introduction of St. Nicholas or Santa from the Dutch settlers. So it's all, you know, very interesting. There's a lot of, you know, different stories of how things started. But um, when oh, um, Henry and Charles Dickens started to, sh you know, write their books, it started shaping how we all um, celebrate the holiday. Um, today we give gifts for, you know, our own reasons. Most of it's tradition. You guys probably all grew up in families that you gave Christmas gifts. And some people, it's just a way to celebrate 
for others. It's a card to let your um, family and friends know just how much you uh, care about them. Unfortunately, you know, in today's world, um, the gifts have become, you know, kind of like mechanical. It's, uh, you know, just becomes an uh, obligation. So, you know, it's kind of like, should we give gifts then? Should we not? I do think it does depend. For starters, I think God likes gifts. I think he, he is the ultimate gift giver. In John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, obviously, he has given us the, the best gift that anyone could give us. And, um, you know, there are so many examples in the Bible of, you know, ways of, of giving gifts. And, and, and Paul wrote about <coughs> gifts in 2 Corinthians 8-7. to But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Now, Paul was speaking about um, the, to the churches that were giving him gifts, most likely financial, so that he could continue on in the ministry. Um, you know, he also goes on in the next verses to say, you know, it's not a, you know, it doesn't need to be a requirement, but he just wants it to be on our, our hearts that you would just naturally want to give. Gifts, you know, kind of become the focus sometimes of our celebrations. It's, uh, you know, a little bit sad that, you know, in this time that we should be thanking the Lord for the gift of his son that we're actually worried about, you know, what's in the box. Um, even with that, though, the giving the gifts doesn't have to take away from that. If we focus on, you know, again, the gift. Um, Isaiah 9-6 even says for to us, a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So, giving to others is a natural expression of gratitude. The key is our focus. Is your focus on the gift, the gift giver, or the ultimate gift giver? This is one of my favorite verses, James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I know, personally, you know, I feel like my children are one of the best gifts I've ever received, even when they do things to my car. Um, <laughs> um, many families um, kind of subscribe to the, the three gifts of Christmas. I've heard it referred to as the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The something you want, something you need, and um, something possibly, you know, something to wear, something to either nurture your soul or read. Um, I give kudos to anyone who can stick to the three gifts. I'm not one of them. I try. Um, for myself, since I actually like buying gifts even more than receiving them, I, you know, I have my plan, and then I'll be at the store, and I'll see something there, and I'm like, oh, that'll be perfect for Nick. So I kind of go buy it. But... Then I realize, okay, now I have to go buy something else better for the boys because when you give gifts, you have to have the same number of gifts for each kid. Yeah, I'm not alone in that thinking. There are rules to gift giving. I don't know if anyone knew that or not. Google it online. There's, I mean, tons of websites. You know, basically they, they have some really funny names. You know, give a gift, get a gift. Even Steven, 
once begun, never undone, come one, come all. You know, just, you know, if someone gives you a gift, you have to reciprocate. You know, honestly, you really don't. If someone gives you a gift, they're not giving you that gift just so that they give it back. They just don't want it. But really, really funny articles there on the gift giving. Another really, I, I love this book, um, called Scroogeonomics. Um, and he's an economist. And he um, really <laughs> did a lot in this book. But he showed that if you ask gift recipients to value, to assign a monetary value to the gift that they received, they inevitably quoted a number lower or less than the actual cost. Kind of, you know, sad when you think about it. You're not getting the best value then for your gift giving. Um, honestly, the gifts that were valued the least came from aunts, uncles, and grandparents. They only got 75%, 75 cents to achieve value for every dollar spent. Some of it, are, some people say that's because of the, you know, generation gap. Grandparents don't want to buy uh, stuff from you or things like that. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, it's pretty interesting. Even spouses don't even have the full 100% value in their gifts. So, um, kind of, you know, something to, to think about. Um, and now, you know, since we said a lot of those gifts are undervalued, people kind of have really embraced the gift card. I'm not here to trash the gift card. I love gift cards. You should get a gift card. It means you get to be lucky. Go shopping. Nice. That's easy. But if, you know, gift giving is going to result in only passing along, passing gift cards, um, many people believe that Christmas has become a time of greed. And, you know, greed is an ugly word. Greed is not good. When I think of greed, though, I do think of money. And money is huge. Money was mentioned in the Bible over 2,000 times. Jesus spoke more about money than he did any other subject. And in the New Testament, money is mentioned more than heaven and hell combined. And I did get all that information from the Internet to let you know it might be true. Well, God does care about our finances. It's evident in the Bible. You know, God also hates debt. In Proverbs 22.7, he says, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower enslaves the lender. Um, John and I just completed Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University class last week. Um, has everyone heard of Dave Ramsey? Anybody? Okay, a couple people. Um, he's a Christian financial guru. He is a radio host. He wrote the Total Money Makeover. And his, um, he's got two taglines that I want to mention because I think they're great. First one is, live like no one else so that you can live and give like no one else. And the second one is, uh, we give you the same advice your grandma would give you, but we keep our teeth in. He, he's, uh, I mean, very direct and, um, you know, doesn't take any, um, but we do recommend his resources. I think I have some books if anyone's ever interested. He's funny to me. Um, the greed mentality is a little more, a little more difficult to confront. I mean, I don't know how we can eliminate greed and, and we can pray about it, pray for that person, pray for that family. Um, we can be examples of God's love during Christmas, if, you know, so that we can become the light that, you know, we don't need to have all these other gifts. We don't need to have things in order to have a, a wonderful Christmas. One example that a lot of people are doing is uh, doing family gifts, um, family activities, things like that have become more common now than, you know, buying gifts for every single person in your family. Um, you know, but since God doesn't like debt, I did want to end kind of and talk about, you know, do not buy Christmas gifts without having money. It seems like that makes 
so much sense. That was such an easy concept. Um, the more research guides, they, you know, the world and even in the church, people will acquire 500 to $1,000 worth of credit card debt over the Christmas season. Generally, it's not even paid off till the next holiday season. Um, Dave Ramsey had some great advice. He said, you know, have a Christmas budget and you stick to it. And he, he jokes around a lot. He said, Christmas is not an emergency. It does not sneak up on you. Generally, pretty much always falls on December 25th. So you know it's coming. Um, it, it, it's a great, it's a, a great concept to think about how many gifts we've received in our lives. I, again, still love giving gifts, receiving gifts. But Christmas is about celebrating um, God's incredible act of love and the gift of him sending his son to save the world. I uh, will end a little unconventionally here with um, one of my favorite quotes from a popular Christmas movie. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? So I wanted to thank you all. Have a very Merry Christmas. I don't know whether I was supposed to call the band up, which I did not do, but the band can come up now. you to remain standing for a moment. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Just um, one, one final thing I want to share with you, and I realize that during the Christmas season, some of you won't be here. You'll be traveling. You'll be with family. You'll be with friends. And I just want to touch on uh, something that Diana said, because when we started the series, we started talking about the wise men.
feel the pressure to try to rush to get a gift or to get it mailed or get it wrapped or if you're like me, you just you know, hover over the Amazon tape and say, here you go, honey. But you're going to feel a lot of pressure to just go out and spend and that's where we lose sight of the meaning of living. We lose sight